My name's Adele Onyango and welcome to another episode of Legally Clueless. No, seriously, I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. Hey you, welcome to episode 81 of Legally Clueless. I'm so happy that you're listening to this podcast. If it's your first time ever, welcome, welcome to the tribe. You clearly do not want to start from episode one, it's all right. (laughs) If you're part of the tribe, you know I really, truly appreciate you. And where can you join the rest? On Instagram, we're at Legally Clueless Podcast. And on Twitter, you can use the hashtag Legally Clueless. But back to this episode, there's a very insightful, um, hot wrenching story coming up. Listen to this. I started with Bible studies and slowly by slowly, then I gave my life to Christ. I looked at him like a Christian man. This man cannot lie. I mean, he's the youth leader in the church. I discovered I was three weeks pregnant. Immediately, I told him I'm pregnant. It didn't even take him a minute before he said, Aki mama, you it a two toy. And I was like, what? He sent me some 12K. He told me to go and terminate it. So she said, you're going to keep that child and I'm going to talk to Bishop because this man will have to marry you. So he had promised me marriage if I got rid of the child. I got into postpartum depression because, you know, sometimes I would look at my baby crying and screaming and I just felt like strangling her or I would just feel like pinching her. September, I'm being called by my bishop and he says, do you know what's happening? He's getting married. That's the story by Saya. It's going to be coming up a little later in this episode. When I recorded it, which was a couple of months ago, it was heart-wrenching while editing it. I was just trying hard to hold back my tears. But then, I don't want to say, you know what, let me not say too much about the story. Just wait until you hear it on 100 African Stories a little later in this episode. So back to you. I hope you had a great week. Mine obviously started off with weird laptop situations <laughs> and tantrums. Okay, I threw a tantrum on Sunday. Let me just report myself. When my laptop was giving me issues, I threw a tantrum that bled into like a horrible argument with Falgun, who if you do not know, is my partner. But, <laughs> you know, it's so funny how we have these spots sometimes, but we haven't argued in a long time, actually. But Sunday, yeah, I was throwing this tantrum and, you know, we're both going through a lot. As soon as we're done with our argument or whatever spot we have, we will find a way to talk about it so candidly that we laugh about certain things, especially me being the dramatic one does. <laughs> during arguments like once everything is cleared off and we have kind of like put measures in place to learn from the experience he's just like but anyway you're a bit dramatic (laughs) like what was that when you did abcd so yeah my week started off (laughs) off with that madness but my laptop i am happy to report back has been fixed hopefully for good. After that, I really ended up having such a validating week where proposals that I'd sent months or weeks ago, certain companies who received some of these proposals that I was pitching, either campaigns or partnerships to, got back to me. Organizations from outside of the country were reaching out, especially because of this podcast, which is pretty validating because you can imagine, I mean, don't imagine, just listen to episode one. When I was (laughs) <laughs> started this podcast hey <laughs> i didn't know it would grow to be this beautiful space i also pitched and negotiated my way into a brilliant partnership like literally you know sent back contracts rejected contracts and this is something maybe like three years ago i would have been feeling like mm, let me just sign this contract let me not be such a hard person to work with because then they'll walk away and they'll never want to work with me again you know that feeling so This week is when I realized, oh, wow, I've gotten to the point where I do have boundaries, even business-wise, and I want to stand for something, and I'm not afraid to voice what I stand for and say no, which is a very beautiful space to be in. And I hope you, who is running your own business or you're a freelancer, I hope you're at that space or heading towards that space. Because also, one of the things that makes me second guess a lot is I was previously signed on to like a talent management company in January I let go of them and you have that self-doubt where you're just like whoo can I really do this alone (laughs) 
can I make it really? And another thing is that, especially when you're pursuing something that is on a road less traveled, especially in the creative industry, right? Your normal looks so different from other people who get up, sit in traffic in a suit (laughs) and go into an office. Yours looks so, so different and you can start looking down on your normal. I just remembered this week that even if my normal doesn't look like anybody else's normal, it doesn't make it any less normal. You know what I mean? Anyways, on to this coming week, I would love to invite you to two things. So Wednesday, I'm not too sure when you're listening to this, but Wednesday, the 30th of September is International Podcast Day. I'm so excited because as I told you in the previous episode, I think I shared it in the previous episode, I am one of the speakers and they've got speakers from about 21 countries. I'm representing Kenya. And so my presentation is at 7 a.m. on Wednesday. I know, (laughs) what is sleep? 7 a.m. on Wednesday. And I'm going to be talking about my transition from traditional radio into the podcasting world. And I'm also going to be talking about how podcasts have given Kenyans agency over their stories and their content. I would really love it if you could attend it. I understand, especially those in Kenya, that timing is hectic and on a weekday. (laughs) But if you can make it, I would love to just know that part of the Legally Clueless tribe are watching. And so in the description of this episode, I'll put a link to where the live stream event is happening. It's part of a 24-hour long live stream. So it's it's going to be so much fun. I had my technical rehearsal on Saturday and everything went really well. I have a video I've prepared that features a couple of Kenyan podcasters. I was scared the video wouldn't work well because also I, I edited it by myself. <laughs> I was like, did I save it in the right formats? But it played well during the technical rehearsal. So I just hope technology doesn't let me down. I'm using a completely different laptop, not this one. <laughs> Another thing that I want to invite you to is also on International Podcast Day, but at 6 p.m. Kenyan time, I'm going to be on a panel during the African Podcast Festival. So this is super exciting as well. I'll put a link to that as well in the description of this episode. So if you can't make the 7 a.m. one, you can definitely make the 6 p.m. one. But if you can make both, hey, (laughs) why not? All right. I'm so excited as well for the song of the week. Ah, because guess what? I'm on the song. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay, so let me just give you a backstory. So in 2018, I went for the Goalkeepers Conference in New York. It was my first time in the States. It was super fun. And during the opening of the conference, I was invited with about four four to five other delegates to receive the president of France and Bill and Melinda Gates. One of those delegates was a young, vibrant lady from Malawi. Her name is Chemba. While we were waiting for, you know, these dignitaries to arrive and blah, 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 Chemba and I completely clicked. First, we were both in like Afro print and she has this really cool mohawk with like bright red braids and we were just talking about obviously introducing ourselves who we are to each other and then at that time I was still on Kiss FM so I was telling her about radio and she was like oh that's so dope I'm also a producer and so we were really vibing about music we ended up partying together during this New York trip and we had such deep conversation it was brilliant I I was like wow I've, I've made such a great friend Then come 2018, December. So that was 2018, like I want to say August, September. September, actually, it was September. Come December, see now me, I'm like, I guess, you know, when our paths align again, we'll meet. 2018, December, we happen to be in Joburg at the same time. So we link up at the Global Citizen concert where, you know, Beyonce and Jay-Z performed and like Pharrell. And we had a really cool time there although we only shared a very short moment together because I was there for she was actually working at the festival and I was just enjoying myself (laughs) 
2019 April, we end up in Addis Ababa at the same time for the same conference. That's the trip where we had a fantastic night out. Let me tell you, I don't even know how I made it back to my hotel. Thank you, Chamba, for looking out for me. I think she even lost her passport. Like we... <laughs> We had a night and a half. <laughs> I had the worst hangover though. I think my hangover lasted like four days. But <laughs> it was worth it. We had such a beautiful time. Then that was in April 2019, September. We hook up in New York again. So I was there to perform at the Moth. And she was there, I think, for a couple of conferences or meetings during Unga Week. Anyway, so we link up again. She takes me to a street party in brooklyn like at a club called house of yes it's called house of yes because when you go in you're saying yes to all positive things coming into your life ah, that was such a good night <laughs> and then we hooked yes we went out twice actually it was house of yes and then another night we went just club hopping the night before my flight <laughs> ha! i ended up missing my flight but anyway so chamba also runs an amazing NGO in Malawi, it's called Tiwale. Through this organization, she empowers women and girls through education. So just making sure they have access to quality education. And the organization does more in the community. Chamba is not only a DJ running this amazing organization, but she's also a producer. So now <laughs> to the song of the week. I wrote a poem this year, as I told you guys a couple of episodes ago. I'm back to writing poetry and enjoying it. And one of the poems that I wrote is called Freedom. Um, freedom had quickly become one of my favorite words because having survived rape, I have always wanted to reclaim my power. And <laughs> it gets a bit difficult to talk about this, but um, to, to be free. And some days I make amazing progress. Some years I make amazing progress. And, and then there's some days where I feel like I've taken 10 steps back. So I'm constantly focused on the word freedom because I want to gift it to myself over and over. And the only way I can do that is by reclaiming my power, especially on a personal level from that incident and I was also writing it from you know the police brutality space I think yeah I think those two things are what inspired freedom which I really shouldn't tell you because I love people interpreting my poetry however they want so I wrote this piece and then I recorded it I sent it to Chemba she chopped it up laid it on a beautiful track she created this beautiful beads that includes sounds from cities in Africa. I think they sounds from Kigali when you listen to it. And just like that, Freedom was born. And she included it as part of her EP called Mtima Rising. And the EP is out. So before I play you a snippet of Freedom, which of course I can only play you because I'm on the track. Remember the last... <laughs> In episode 80, I was telling you how I don't play the songs because I want to respect the creators of the song. Well, I am co-creator. <laughs> so I can play a snippet. So in the description of this episode, there is a link to Mtima Rising. I would urge you to listen to all the songs and then check out Freedom. Freedom, which is Chamba featuring me. It goes a bit like this. Please. Can it speak? Please. Can I be free? Can it still be called freedom if I have to beg for it? If I have to beg for it. Beg for it. Every time I play it, I start screaming. I'm just like, oh my God. I can't believe, I can't believe we randomly just created something so beautiful. So check it out. The link to Mtima Rising, the EP, is in the description. Right now, though, I want us to jump into 100 African Stories. 100 African Stories on Legally Clueless. Stories from Africa. My name is Saya. I'm 
27 and I'm from Kenya. I'm currently working in Nairobi. So I'll call myself or rather myself as an extrovert because usually I'm up and down, happy, jovial and all sorts of persons in like I have all sorts of personalities. So before I got saved, basically that was me. I was a party girl here, there, everywhere. Literally, I would love to, like I was in Western, so I would even come all the way to just party in Nairobi and all that. You know, just having a good time. I was enjoying my 20s, I say. Because usually I would tell my, my friends in campus, let's go hang out. And they're like, no, 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 you're too extreme. But I'm really glad I got to do all those things. Because then lately I'm just like, you know, I got to do all that. So, yeah, I'm a little low compared to how I was previously. I was in Western region. So when I came to Nairobi, I had to go back to the church that I used to. I grew up in Nairobi, actually. So it's only education that took me to Western. When I was done with campus, I decided to come back to Nairobi. So the hassle and also I said, let me go back to my church. So there was this time we were in a women's conference. And I was saying like, you know, like, Sometimes you're in church, everybody's praising and you're like, what are these people doing? Because, you know, you're not in the spirit world like they are. So you're like, someone is kneeling and crying. Someone is there raising their hands and you're just there folding your hands. You know, and I'm like, so I saw this woman. It was a woman's conference and, and I saw her and she was saying, Lord, I love you. And she was really crying. So I'm like, okay, I really think I need that in my life to a point where I can just raise my hands and say, God, I love you and feel it deep in me. So I started like with the Bible studies. I would wake up, like go to church so early, do the Bible studies first, you know, like get to understand what it, although, yes, I had uh, Christian parents. I grew up in a Christian family, but you know, like getting saved is a personal decision. So I just needed to feel like, you know, I'm in this world of Christianity and not just as a name, but as a way of worship, as a way of thanksgiving and all that. So I started with Bible studies and slowly by slowly, then I gave my life to Christ. I started feeling, you know, this is where I belong. And it was the best feeling ever. This is the funny part about my baby daddy. I have known him since we were small kids. He is not a stranger that I met on the road. He's someone I grew up with. So what happens is uh, when my mom got transferred to Western region, we also had to go, you know, like the way kids go with the mom. So I had to go with my mom and my siblings. We had to go to Western. Then when I came back, then I meet him again. But now we are grown up adults. Although I didn't go when I was little, very young. I went when like I was in my adult life because I did my my high school. And then I went to, I came back to Nairobi. And then again, I joined. I preferred being in Western near my mom. So he's someone I've seen grow. He, he's someone who has seen me grow. So we're in church and yeah, we've been worshiping together. So it started off like I noticed when he was in church, he loved like having those, you know, like when someone has glances at you, he kept looking at me most of the time when we were in church. I never took it personally. I was like, ah, maybe I was just checking something and our eyes met. So one day he invites me out for lunch. I was so excited. By that time, I was looking at it as a brotherly aspect, not like dating aspect, brotherly aspect, because we used to call each other brother, like the way you, hey, Ndugu, and all that. So it's, hey, Ndugu, Kuja. And so he invites me out. We go have some, it was actually some lunch. And then we come over to my house and we talk. And he, he would even, like when we were eating, he kept telling me, you know, I've been looking at you for a long time. You know, I've been wanting to tell you that I like you. I've been wanting to tell you that you're beautiful and all that. So one thing led to another because by then he had just been retrenched from work. So he didn't have a job. So he was doing here and there. So we would really talk about how I'm going to, uh, he would ask me like, where you work, can I give you my CV? And I was like, yeah, sure. Where you are, can you drop me this CV? And I'm like, sure. So it just began like that. And uh, soon we got very close to each other. Then uh, we started doing sleepovers here, there. <laughs> 
after church i would go to his place cook for him he would also come he got a small job around where i am so he would jioni angekuja we go like to my place i cook for him then he leaves so we just became very close and we started a relationship he wanted us to hide it from the other youth in the church so that he would say let's just put it on the down low so that um later on we just surprise them so that they don't know what is going on and i was like you know what private is good i just didn't know that sometimes private is not as good as it should be he was so sweet with me for instance if we were to meet in town he would always have chocolates <laughs> if you know those little little things that a man does he was very keen at little things and little love which was so sweet so like he would come over he has something on his hands he brings me after church he'd go like let's go let me go make you a smoothie so we'd go he'd make me a smoothie and stuff like he was so sweet sometimes i would wake up in the morning and he's there hi i love you and it was just sweet like i couldn't tell like there is anything wrong because i looked at him like a christian man like this man cannot lie i mean he's the youth leader in the church so how can he lie he's sweet he's have known him all my life so yeah so he would do all the small things life was good when he was around me now a uh, few months because i would say it was a few months after after we started you know this sleepover things and stuff uh i started feeling tired like i would come to work where i am i'm usually up and down making sure that the rooms are set and all that so i would be like up and down and i'm feeling so tired and then i would take some energy drink but i would still feel so exhausted and i'm like what could the problem be it's not malaria And then i started having some serious back pain like i could literally just lift a leg and scream i got curious a little bit curious because then when i checked my calendar i had missed my cycles but i'm like no um i have irregular cycles so nothing it's nothing it's nothing serious that time i was talking to him and i'm like by the way i've missed my cycles so i don't know what's happening but it's nothing serious So I took an 11 day of leave from work because I thought maybe it's my back and I had to nurse it. So I said no, let me just do some test. I discovered I was 3 weeks pregnant. By the time I was telling him I'm pregnant, I had taken like uh 3 <laughs> hours to think about it. He had initially in our previous conversation he would tell me I make a perfect mother for his kid i make a perfect example for his kid i make the be- i can actually make the best wife so by the time i knew I was pregnant we had actually had the conversation about pregnancy like the previous week when i was telling him i've missed my cycle so he and i told him what happens if i found out that i'm pregnant he said we'll just have to take things as they are we'll just to talea to and he was so optimistic and he's like so should i get ready to be a father and i was like nah not now i'm not even ready to be a mom that day when um it was in april when i did the test and i realized that i'm pregnant i cried like nililia i wept so much because i'm like oh my god oh my the first thing that came in my head was i'm a christian It wasn't even about the pregnancy it was I'm a Christian he's a Christian we are in church and so that is the first thing that came to my mind then after that I start thinking okay how will he take it I was so sure he would take it positively because he was always around he is always the calm humble guy so I was sure he would take it so well so and the, the actually what I didn't mention is I had taken an emergency contraceptive the day after we had met. So I'm like, well, how am I pregnant when I had taken an emergency contraceptive? So the second thing that hit me was the emergency pill bounced on me and I'm like this was not expected. So it literally bounced. Not that I had taken many before or not that I had taken before, neither was I on any um, family planning methods before. but this time i had just taken a pill although i was ovulating that day 
So I really didn't understand how an emergency contraceptive would bounce. So later on, I t he calls me around midnight and I tell him, you know what? I just took the test and I found out that I'm pregnant. It was on a Saturday. The next day was a Sunday. So I think one thing that hurt me more is immediately I told him I'm pregnant. It didn't even take him a minute before he said, Aki mama yo itapidi tu toy and i was like what eti aki elewa tu just understand the situation we are in and to him it all it also dug that we are christian so elewa tu you know the state of the church aki itabidi tu toy this is so bad relax kwanza ulale we will talk tomorrow and i'm like okay that was the time it hit me that this is shitty and it's messy. I didn't even, I wasn't even able to think. I didn't even want to think about it. The fact that I was already pregnant was already, um, I was already feeling guilty, you know, because it's, it's, it's what the Bible says, you know, like do not fornicate. And here I am pregnant. And then a man is telling me to abort. And I'm like, no, this will even kill me because it's already devastating me. So we meet the next day in church and you know what i thought that he would say let's go to my house and talk <laughs> but when i said can't we just leave church and then go and talk he said no he doesn't want to do that and not not at that moment and believe you me that was the very last time we had sleepovers it just ended like that by saying i was pregnant so no more sleepovers it was now always text call and text call and whatsapp text like sometimes i needed him there to just tell me you know what it's going to be okay but then what he did he sent me some 12k he told me to go and terminate it and then now i didn't want to involve the parents at that moment before i knew exactly what i wanted but i was sure i did not want to about it so i talked to my boss first because I was on leave. So I talked to my boss. I told her, you know what? Like she's a single mom. So I knew she'd understand me. So I told her, you know what? I'm pregnant and I'm being told to abort it. And she said, no, 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 no. Don't dare do that. That child is going to be your blessing. So don't. So we talked a lot of things. Then I now decided to call my mom. I said, you know what, mom, I'm pregnant. And she said, who is the father? When I mentioned the name, she was shocked because this was not just any other ordinary guy in church. He was my pastor's son. So my mom was shocked and hung, hung up on me. I knew now it's over, like she's done with me. So I knew she wasn't going to talk to me again after that call drop. Then she called me later on. She talked to me. For my mom, she didn't take it well at all at all. Considering I am the firstborn, she had expectations that, you know, she struggled so much to get me to school, to the university level. And then she was expecting a wedding and all sorts of things. All African parents expect that. And then here I am telling her that, you know what, mom, I'm pregnant even before I got married. So she didn't take it well at all. But then she called me later on. She was like, so who's the father? I said, you know, it's, let me call him like Prado. You know, it's Prado's. And my mom is like, which one? So when I mentioned the father's name, my mom is like, no, no, no way. No, no, no way. And then she hung up again. And then she called again. So she said, so what is he saying? I said, he's telling me to abort it. He's even sent me money, 12,000 shillings. And he's saying that I should get rid of the pregnancy. So she said, that is so wrong. That is so wrong. Is he a Christian? And then, you know, now she starts scolding me and all. She scolds me, tells me how she's been telling me to keep off men who are not ready for marriage and all that. And she said so many things that I started just crying because I knew now you have messed up. So I said, it's okay. She talked to me later on. Then she reminded me, you know, my mom is the only child. So she reminded me about her mother, that she only had her. So if any chance I was thinking of removing it, so these were exact, her exact word, you're going to have to keep that child. Whatever may come, we will take care of that child. Because I don't want you seeing your friends having kids in the next few years, and then you start crying to me, Mom, why did you make me get rid of that pregnancy? So she said, you're going to keep that child, and I'm going to talk to Bishop, 
because this man will have to marry you so i'm like mom you don't have to do that but it was it was like a long discussion with my mom about this until we just finally came to a conclusion that whatever comes may my mom finally speaks to the bishop remember there's the bishop and then there is the pastor now the bishop is the head then now it becomes a whole issue because now we have to bishop calls us we have to sit down we have to talk with bishop so bishop came to me first i explained to him that you know what this thing has been happening and i got pregnant i took an emergency contraceptive but it did not work so i got pregnant him on the other hand and he went and said it was a mistake it was a one-time thing that should not have happened and he did not like the fact that it happened but because it has happened and remember by this time that bishop is being involved i am three months pregnant so all this between three weeks and three months we've been fighting me and him have been fighting about it because he's insisting get rid of the pregnancy i'm like me i'm not getting rid of this thing he's like remove it i've sent you money i'll even be there with you and i'm like me i'm not getting rid of this child so that is what made us separate now by the time he was telling me this remember i told you i called him and within a minute he had already told me to get rid of it he said why don't you get rid of it and then we can go to Mombasa for a weekend, have fun near the waters, then come back, agree on how we're going to get married. So he had promised me marriage if I got rid of the child. But now because I did not do it, it now just became a whole issue once again. So uh, by the time I was three months pregnant, he decided to get together back to the ex-girlfriend. I think it was his way of frustrating me so that even still after the, you know, now the tummy is now growing, he still wanted me to get rid of it. Like he just, I feel, I feel like he just wanted to devastate me until I get rid of it. So I'm three months pregnant. He gets back with the ex-girlfriend and they start living together. And then this day I called him, he didn't speak. The next day I called him, he didn't speak. Then there's this Saturday, called him and the lady picked. And then she said, why are you calling my fiancé? Don't you know we are getting married? I want you to leave. Why? Stop disturbing him. I want you to leave. And I didn't even tell her I was pregnant. I just listened to her. I just kept quiet and listened. She's like, uh, you know, like when someone is saying, Sorry, I got emotional, Kidogo. Like, leave him alone. He's mine. He's my fiancé. I didn't understand the term fiancé then because I'm like, I only asked her, fiancé, you two are married? Or are getting married? She said, yes, we're getting married. So I hung up. Can you imagine? He called me and said he had diverted calls to her phone some time back. So when he reset his phone, all the calls that were coming were going straight to her. Mark you, they were in the same house living there and here I was alone three months pregnant and counting so I knew that now I had to start surviving when I was seven months pregnant he promised that he was never going to make me go through such pain and he apologized for everything he had done and he said he was going to make it better so you know being a woman who just needed to have a child with a complete family and probably the man that was there back i agreed to it seven months eight months all I can say, since I got pregnant, he only slept at my place once. Remember before I got pregnant, it would be like, I would have like, in a week we'd have like three of, uh, two or three sleepovers. But then since I got pregnant, I'm now seven months pregnant. I've only had to sleep close to him once. He promised that he was going to change. So seven, eight, nine months, I give birth. And the best part about that is that he had only gotten a job two days before I gave birth. So I was happy, excited that, wow, finally he's got a job, he's going to take care of us. We stay a while, we're still together. He's still talking me, calling me when I have the baby. I went through a C-section. So I know he's there taking care of me and the baby. He's not there fully because he still lives at his place me at my place but he would still come like twice a week with a little bit of shopping but 
even actually when I give birth, I had to take care of the bills alone. But I told him he should look for something small, at least so that I could pay my rent, which he did. The baby is born the first month. I'm the one who takes her to the clinic. You know those injections, like the baby has to cry the whole night. And then you go the second month injection. So I'm just there alone because he didn't come. Like, or even tell us, you know what, you guys need to be here. Like, if we could just stay there together, because we were all in Nairobi. Like, after the hospital, he could say, come, he could help me take care of the child. But he wasn't there, and funny enough, I didn't mind, because he was coming after every two weeks. But then the sleepless nights when the baby wake up, you have to change the diapers, you're alone. So my mom sent a house help so that she could help me with a few stuff like washing and all that. So I got into postpartum depression because, you know, sometimes I would look at my baby crying and screaming and I just felt like strangling her or I would just feel like pinching her. So I would just leave her on the bed crying. Then I'd go sit inside the toilet and just sit in the washroom waiting for her to stop crying. And my wound would hurt. But you know what? I'm a woman. They say, you're strong. You can do this, but you're hurting. And then my DM would come pick the baby. I'd soothe her to sleep, then put her back on the bed. Then I would go back to the bed now. It was so bad, so my cousin came to stay with me for a while so that she could help me wash the baby, cook for me and all that. So postpartum depression hit me so hard. You know, like sometimes I would take her to the clinic then like you seeing a, a little lady or a young, a first time mom coming with a husband and they're there seated like maybe the, the man is just carrying the child and you're there solo. Oh, couple, you're just there alone <laughs> with your bag waiting to see the doctors or nurse. That thing used to hit me so hard because I'm like, oh, I wish I had that. It was always, I wish I had that. So I said, maybe I'm the one who's not inviting him well because I used to tell him like, yeah, next week I'm going to the clinic. So um, one day I told him, actually we completely broke up in July because one day I told him, you know what, I think you should really come. We take the child for her injection. He said, okay, fine, I will come. We were there seated waiting for him to come. It was on a Saturday. So I woke up, I cleaned the house, like prepared his favorite meal. I was so excited that today I finally get to go with him. I cooked him Mahambri because I knew he loved them so that he would actually just carry them when he leaves. So we waited, usually clinics close Sasita. So we woke up like at 8 a.m. So we knew by nine he'd be there. So nine, nowhere. Ten, nowhere. Eleven, I text him, are you still coming? Yeah, I'll be coming. Twelve. <laughs> My God. So twelve, clinics are closed. But I'm still happy because he's coming. He said he's coming. So I wait, Sasaba. Sanane, Satisa, <laughs> he is nowhere to be said. Sakumi, not even an apology that he won't make it. So that day my baby didn't get her injection. Then I texted him, I said, whoa, you didn't even say you're not coming. Then he said, I was busy. This is something he used to do. He would say he's coming on, on a weekend and then he would later on not show up. I used to make all these sort of excuses for him. Oh, he's busy today, or he's getting some money, or because according to him, he was busy getting some extra cash for the child. We ended things in uh, in July because after that episode, when I called him and told him, you know, if this is what you've decided you want to do, then why don't you just go? Why don't you just call? Why don't you just call Bishop and tell tell Bishop that this thing is not working? And you know, I thought he would say like, let's sit down and talk. But he said, Sawa, fine, because I'm not doing this anymore. So I'm like, okay, what have I done? But I said, fine, you know, because we were both, I was so angry 
because how do you keep me waiting you to come to party to peleke mtoto apewe chanjo and you're not there and you even can't apologize and it's not like it's the first time you're doing it you only say you'd be coming and you're not coming so what i kai and he was like sawa so i thought maybe it's a joke but he called bishop immediately so <laughs> that was in july august he still comes and visits it's like we've cleared things remember since my child was born the mother his mom has never ever carried my child in fact what happened the dad told my dad to come and tell me that i should not expect anything from them i never understood like why they were so cold with me only to come and find out later on that he told them including the friends that we sh- we had in common that I got pregnant so that he could marry me he went and said he just landed my name he said that I used to take myself to him and I was like what is this so at first I was I really just wanted to clear my name so if it meant taking screenshots of the time he was telling me he loved me and sending it to the friends of the time he invited me for a date the first time and sending it to friends so that I see this is the guy who first had interest in me I I did that to like three of our friends then later on I'm like you know what you guys you believed him so whatever it is you believed fine September I'm being called by my bishop and he says do you know what's happening I'm like I have no idea what is happening he says he's getting married I was in shock for three good days I didn't eat I didn't speak and I didn't cry so you know when I was pregnant I kept kneeling I, I kept praying because I had known Christ now I just kept going on my knees and praying I would pray I would cry and pray and ask God to mend his heart so that he just comes back and realizes his mistakes at least that's what we are, we are taught you know and also getting pregnant didn't mean that we had to sit together and get married but it meant that he had to be there support me and the child that was coming now this is very clear that this person when you thought he's there he has not been there and Matthew he's not marrying the ex that he had gone back to it's totally a different lady i was so shocked or is it shook i was so shook that i didn't know what to do but by the time the white wedding was happening i was in severe depression you'd literally where when i knew i was depressed is when like i looked at the way i was dressing i have the prettiest clothes but you just find me nimevaka mama my hair would itch so i just decided to cut it off and then memory loss i experienced memory loss like you tell me something after 5 minutes just come back and say what did i say and i'm like what did you say it was so bad that i almost lost my job because then my boss thought you know maybe i'm not taking things seriously i would come to work and my mind would not be there at all i never had a negative attitude towards my baby because now she was all i have but i could just then sit down and remember the time i had postpartum depression because what would have would happen is i would call my mom and ask her mom just come and take this child even if it means i'd have to give you the whole of my salary because i really didn't want to look at her then but right now it's clear things have gone sideways she's all i have so i'd go home and hug her so tight play with her sing with her songs but deep down i was hurting but one of the greatest things i like about myself is that i never cried in front of my child i'd rather go in church after work pray and cry all day and then go to go back to the house a happy lady she wouldn't even tell that mom had a bad day or something so my child is 10 months he's getting married he's gone i have to embrace the fact that now i'm a single mom at first it was so tough cuz then he's no longer coming with us shopping that he used to now you really have to adjust to whatever amount he said he'll be sending so he sends money you just pay the dm and then you buy diapers and it's over so everything now it's on you he's no longer there no more shopping no more visits no more nothing at first it was so bad but then with time i got to embrace the fact that you know i'm a single mom but it took me a lot of time to accept that it really took me a lot of time because at first i thought you know being a christian and exposing the fact that this has happened you'd be mocked 
because I remember when I told my mom, mom is getting married. My mom was like, oh, mwanaume ameamua kukuhumiliate tu hivi, sindio? And I was like, it has happened, mom, it has happened. That is just how the, the relationship ended abrupt and with shock that followed. So apparently the lady was pregnant. By the time they were getting married, she was four months pregnant. And that was another shock that I had to take in because it was at the wedding that, that they realized she's pregnant. So my friends were like, you know what? The lady is pregnant. At first I just was like, I wanted to know what's happening. But later on, I'm like, you know what? I don't want to hear these things because they are hurting, they are devastating, they are breaking me and I just need some healing time. Right now, I am, <laughs> I could say right now I'm happy. I have a very beautiful baby. She's an extrovert like me. She's a happy child. And that is what keeps me going. Like sometimes I'm just at work. If I don't have much to do, I just go back and start checking her videos of herself dancing or singing. And that gives me so much joy as a mom. I get emotional every time I talk about her because she's my pride. She's like a big source of happiness. Like she's so cute. And I usually say my daughter is a whole vibe. You just look at her and you're happy. And then how I am emotionally right now, sometimes I'm okay. Sometimes I wake up with like uh, two weeks ago, I woke up. Remember, it's like it's like seven months since it happened. But two weeks ago, I woke up and I remembered what she told me the day I was going to when I started having the, the contractions. So I called him that night and, you know, I told him, you know, just tell me you love me like you used to. And he tells me, Nini nakuanga shida, kwebu lala, lala. Because I wanted to tell him, you know what, my contractions are coming. But just tell me you love me because I don't know what's going to happen. And he never said, he told me, Nilale, ebu lala. So two days later, I just woke up from my bed because the contractions were getting worse. So I said, let me just take myself to the hospital. So in one hand, I put I put my handbag and in another hand, I put my baby's bag. Then I just walked myself to the hospital. I got to town, it was raining. I didn't care about the rain because I had all sorts of emotions in my head. Like, okay, so he said he'd pro he promised he'd be there and he just talked to me like this. And now he's not there and you know, all those things. But then, like once once in a while, I remember his presence. Once in a while, I remember his promises. Then I remember, and then I sit down, I'm like, wow. So right now, because he had just found a good job. So I'm like, right now he's, you know, at first I was like, so the things I've been praying for, another woman is having them in full. Because now she got pregnant. He's taking her to work and back home. He's giving her all the love that he has. He's there fully and... Wow, he has never spent even 24 hours with my baby or even with me after I got pregnant. Sometimes I think about those things and sometimes I'm just happy. And But one thing I want, I'd want to be grateful for is that I kept Christ in heart. I never, sometimes I talk to him, everything that I feel, but he's kept me strong and he's given me, I can never say that I'm dry, dry because he's given me, if it's, joy he's brought it if it's peace i have it if it's if it's happiness i have it i may not be where i want to be but one thing i promise myself is and I'm, I'm never going to let a, a man humiliate me like that nor my daughter like that if it means i'd have to survive solo but just not get as humiliated as that was i promised myself not to look at the outward of a person He's a Christian. No, there's so much to a man than the name Christian. There's so much to a man, but I'm happy and I'm, I'm glad. Even without him being there, like since he got married, he's never asked to see the child. So, but I give my all to my child. Sometimes I get so angry that I can't buy for her small toys that I want her to have, but I'm just happy that she's happy with what she has and by the time she's grown I'll be having more than enough to give to her and that's alone is my pride catch more african stories in the next episode of legally clueless oh man that story 
It was a lot. It was a lot. Um, and I'm so thankful to Saya for sharing it and allowing us into such a vulnerable space. When I was recording it, I was so touched emotionally when I was editing it for it to be in this episode. I was editing it a week after my niece had just gotten her vaccination shots and I'd spent a day with her and she was just after the some of the vaccines the babies tend to cry a lot it's like they're a bit uncomfortable and so when then she was talking about the clinic visits and how afterwards her her baby would be crying I was like oh my word it's a lot for my sister and her partner to go through I can only imagine what it is when you're alone and you're also going through your own kind of heartbreak as well. Whew, that that was a lot. That was a lot. But I'm so thankful that. And I hear this often with, with stories. At the very end, you can even hear somebody's voice change. Because there's like a strength they've unlocked. I don't know if you if you felt that as well. However, if you want to share your story on this podcast, just as Saya did, she sent me a one minute WhatsApp audio note, which is basically a story demo. In this demo, just tell me a bit about the story you want to share. After that, we'll have a bit of a back and forth and set a date and a time for me to record your story remotely. So it doesn't matter where in the world you are. You can actually be on an episode of Legally Clear. So the hotline number is plus two five four seven six eight six two eight seven nine zero. That's also the number that you can share voice notes to in case you listen to an episode of the podcast and you're just like, oh my god, I relate with A B C D or I went through something similar but different. This is a tribe. It's a, a safe space and a happy space, not only for me, but also for you. Hi, Adele. I'm Sheila. I'm 18 years old. All I have to say is thank you so very much for the amazing and funniest stories that you share with us. So keep going. Keep doing what you do. Thank you so much, Sheila, for sharing that. You know what I find so interesting when I'm going through the WhatsApp voice notes is that I've gotten voice notes from people who are in their 40s, gotten voice notes from teenagers you know across ages across nationalities gender it's just such a testament that like our human journeys are so interlinked regardless of where we are in our lives it's 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 so crazy i i just find it so crazy however thank you so much i really do appreciate anybody who takes the time to just reach out on the legally clueless hotline number i know sometimes it might take me a bit of a while to get back to everybody but i assure you i do get back to each and every one <laughs> that's it for this episode please remember you can catch this podcast on trace radio every monday wednesday and friday at 9 a.m and at 8 p.m i'll put a link to the trace website where you can stream trace and you can also check out the list of the frequencies that you can catch trace on in kenya that's it for this episode of legally clueless you can share this podcast with your friends you can keep it for yourself i'm not judging just make sure you're here next week for the next episode <laughs>